You're listening to Look at My Records. This is episode 199, and I'm your host, Tom Gallo. For this edition of Look at My Records, I chatted with Berlin-based shoegaze artist Tala. Back in September, Tala released her debut album, Adolescence, on Philadelphia's Born Losers Records. The path to releasing her debut record was relatively short, as Tala only started playing guitar and performing at open mics in Berlin back in 2019. However, she quickly hit her stride, developing her own sound and garnering positive feedback from those in her community almost immediately. By allowing intuition to guide her songwriting and with an abundance of free time during the pandemic-induced lockdown, Tala was able to write and record the 10 songs on Adolescence in 2020 over a short period of time, developing a gorgeous and dreamy sound that draws influence from bands like Mazzy Star and Beach House. During our interview, Tala and I chatted about her experiences living in the Canary Islands and how they inspired some of the lyrical themes on the record, how she was able to transform the singer-songwriter-esque compositions that she performed at open mics into the densely arranged tracks on Adolescence, what her recent first shows with a full band were like, and much more. Plus, Tala picked some awesome records from Phoebe Bridgers, Soccer Mommy, The Alalas, and more. We'll dive into our interview right after the jump. If you're interested in hearing more episodes of Look at My Records, they're available on all streaming platforms. Please remember to rate, review, like, and subscribe on your platform of choice. I also encourage you to check out the Look at My Records website where you can find reviews, premieres of new music, playlists, and a whole lot more. Check it out at lookatmyrecords.com. Alright everyone, welcome to another episode of Look at My Records. Super, super excited to have Thala here coming at us from Berlin. Her new album, her debut album, Adolescence, is out now. Congratulations on the release. How are you? Thank you. Uh, I'm I'm quite good. I had a little injury a few days ago, but I'm like recovering quite well. Good. I'm glad to hear you're recovering well. You played some shows recently, right? How'd they go? Also pretty well. I didn't I didn't expect it would go this well. I also didn't expect that uh, we would get to play like uh, first of all ever play with a full band setup. That's like a totally different thing now coming from uh, street music, busking, and like open mics. Um, so I'm just really grateful that I can do that. And yeah, it was amazing. The f- we played at a quite a big festival and there were like 1,500 people. I've never played in front of these many people before. So for me, that was like, whoa. Um, yeah, that's great. Yeah, it was insane. It was super cool. And then the feedback, the overall feedback from everybody is like really good. And so I'm just happy. Yeah, that's amazing. So was this your first time really playing these songs in front of an audience with a full band? And if so, what was it like for you? How did it feel? 
Well, the first one, the first time we did it, um, but they say that it, people tell me it's good that it happened like that. It was very awful because <laughs> sound <laughs> was like not ex- non-existent, you know. So it was, we had a really, I'm not gonna say when and where and what, but we had a really bad sound dude, and um, he managed to run feedbacks constantly through the microphone. And at one point, it was so loud that we almost like had to stop because it hurt our ears so bad. Yeah. And oh, just other things, you know. Um, but uh, but then the other concerts, they went very well, and um, people began talking about it. We were got booked even more and even more. So I just got like a feedback that was very positive that people really loved uh, hearing me us play. And we only played like seven or eight times, and um, to hear that from people that are in this industry, uh, that we are, that we sound really good and very solid on stage, that's like oh, everything. So I'm happy. Yeah, that must be so rewarding because these songs, up until this point, really only existed, you know, in recorded form or within your the studio or your own bedroom. And then to get out there and really share them with people in the live setting must have been really awesome, especially yeah. after so long. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's uh, and yeah, it's not even I guess not even that long. I started um, releasing music a year ago, so it's not even that that long. But um, for me, it felt super long because when you release music, then normally, right, without COVID, you were able to also tour with it and like play gigs yeah. and concerts. But that wasn't in it. Like that wasn't happening for me so now i'm just really happy that it is happening yeah so everything that i've read about you so far is said that you've only really started playing shows in 2019 you really only started playing guitar around that time too Mm -hmm. so i was curious about what was your relationship to music as far as writing music and recording music prior to to that non-existent I always, uh, I always loved music, and it was always like uh, something that I, I felt like a huge attraction to pianos or guitars, even though I couldn't play them. But I would like sit down, look at them, and touch them, and maybe try to play a little bit. Then I always get very frustrated because it sounded really bad, obviously. Um, but uh, I, I did start writing poetry when I was like uh, twelve. Um, always in English because my uh, my stepmom she was from Canada so I was raised in a Canadian household, um, which is mostly like that's why I speak the, like English you know like I mean I would speak English anyways because we have English here in school but it's a different yeah. uh, it's a different it's more native than uh, school I'd say and uh, I don't know I always felt like a huge pull towards it like um but i guess i never i never had lessons or i never had i never knew how to do anything it just always came by feeling and that's how it is up until now like when i write a song i have the idea and then like i need to record it into my phone it doesn't matter if i'm washing my dishes or if i'm like out with friends or whatever and then i try to find chords for it sometimes i even have the chords but it's never it was never there's no master plan behind any of it <laughs> yeah yeah was there anything in particular that you can identify that made you at at that point want to really start writing music more seriously or really like diving into it as you did a couple of years ago i think 
Honestly, I, I started teaching myself uh, with a, an app called Ultimate Guitar. That app is so dope. I learned so many cool songs on how yeah. to play it. But I, but I realized quite quickly that I wasn't like good enough to play it on the same speed. So what I did is just I, I just changed the song into my own. So I made it slower, mostly because I wasn't able to play it fast and sing along. And then I just made it slower, made it a Tala version. It's Tala, by the way, not Tala. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, and then I guess, I don't know, it's just, uh, it's just uh, from that just came the first song. And I went to an open mic and then this guy told me, the owner of the bar was, he came to me and said, hey, you got to play a concert. And I'm like, dude. I don't even have any of my own songs, so how am I supposed to play concerts? And then he said, well, write them. And then I guess I did. So. so what do you remember about that first open mic? It seems like, based on what you're saying, the owner coming up to you, that you got positive feedback pretty quickly for your songwriting. So that must have been really great to probably go into that feeling really nervous and anxious about sharing what you wrote and then getting that immediate positive feedback which i still didn't believe though <laughs> <laughs> like imagine there's other people there that have been doing it for years you know and then all of a sudden people come up to you and tell you oh this is a really great song and you're like really i wrote that in my in my grandma's bedroom at 2 a.m in the morning not thinking much about it i was just like just gonna let out whatever comes to mind and then, then they liked it, really did surprise me. I did not think they would. And uh, and two people were crying. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wow. Well, I thought, oh, God, was it that bad? <laughs> people were crying. Um, no, but it was, it felt really good. It opened up this, like, um, possibility of, hey, maybe I could actually make music but then it was really just open mics and like you know busking on the streets of berlin and just having a good time going to other sessions listening to other people at open mics it was just it was very nice to be part of something to be part of a scene and then quicker than what i realized it somehow people just started knowing my name it was really strange <laughs> like i would walk into an open mic that i've never been at and then somebody would be like oh yeah i saw you at the other open mic yeah it was, oh, it was awesome and i'm like oh thank you sir <laughs> <laughs> so it's cool how you 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 started in this berlin open mic scene with a lot of different supportive creative people it yeah. sounds like your songs on the record have really taken on this different, denser, more shoegaze and dream pop influenced form, which I can imagine isn't what they originally sounded like in the open mic setting. So what did the song sound like when you were playing your first songs in, you know, kind of a stripped down open mic setting? I honestly don't know. They just sounded the way they sounded, I guess, just my voice and the guitar. Um, they sounded more like singer-songwriter songs, but I always felt, or like I knew, um, I had productions in my head. So, but it's very hard when you, when you don't know how to do that because I don't know how to produce. I'm just learning, you know. Like I'm still studying logic, uh, and it's that's gonna be the death of me, pretty sure. Um, but uh, yeah, I didn't know, but I, I had it in my head. Like I knew 
that that's this is the kind of drum pattern I would like. This is the kind of like slide guitar that I think would be cool. Um, but it wasn't until I met my producer or like the first person that I ever produced with um, that I actually got to explain to him what I had in my head and he actually understood well after a couple of weeks because it obviously takes time. Because um, I'm a very intuitive person, we would just sit there and then he would be like playing something. I'm like, no, 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 try this. What? <laughs> and he would look at me like, <laughs> like, you mean like this? Like, what? And, and, like, no, and was that like, Michael? Comper, is that yes, his name? Exactly, yeah. So, yeah, how do you two connect? Because it seems like he, you know, based on what you're saying, was able to really interpret what you wanted and put it into, you know, make the record sound the way that it sounded. Uh, how do you two connect originally? And what was it like working with him on this record? Okay, so the funny, the really funny thing is that um, we had met when I was 20 for the first time. That was before I went to live someplace else. That was before I even considered ever maybe making music. And he had studied at university where I had my circle of friends back then. And he used to actually, I think like two weeks date this girl that was part of my friend circle. And I bumped into him like twice, but that was it. So, and then you have to think seven years later, <laughs> I, I find my guitarist, like he's on stage with me and also the guy that played most of the stuff on the record. And, um, and I find out that they studied together and that the studio where my producer now works at used to be his workplace, my guitarist's workplace before. And then they kind of like, he, and he stopped working there because he just wanted to focus on playing guitar. And Michael took over that spot. <laughs> So we were, yeah, and that was essentially it. Like, I think he messaged me on social media. He said, hey, if you ever need a producer, let me know. Like, I would like to listen to your stuff. Um, because he had heard from Constantine, which is like my, uh, my guitar player, um, that I was doing something. And that um, he said it was really good. And then that's how it kind of like connected. And then I just went to his place because he lives like 10 minutes from my place, which is fun too. And uh, I just showed him like really badly recorded phone recordings on SoundCloud, you know. And uh, But he said uh, he really liked it and there's something in it. And uh, the most important thing that he said like was my voice that he really liked. And uh, he said, so let's do it. And uh, let's just see where it gets us. And then we just... with out any intentions we just started working you know but it wasn't yeah was there a lot of preparation of meeting with him before you went into the studio to kind of figure out what you were going to do when you got there or was this kind of something that came out once you were already in the studio really tracking everything as far as the the overall sound of the record pretty much yeah, yeah. they're all very intuitive songs like i think what we did is like mostly not mostly i had written all the songs so they were already existed yeah. what i did yeah. is i played them to him like we didn't focus on what i had on my phone because um i just played them to him and then he said we'll play the song sing the song we'll record what we have and then we work around and see what sounds yeah. we like what is cool what's not cool and then on some songs i wrote the chorus after the song was already finished and i was like hey okay uh and then I like walked from the U-Bahn, like on the ground to my house. And that's when I came up with a chorus and I called him and was like, hey, this song has a chorus now. And he's like, okay, great. Come by tomorrow and then we'll record it. 
it was very, it's, the whole process was very intuitive. I think always has been, still is. That's cool. And sometimes that's the best way to get the best sounding things to let it be intuitive and not overthink things too much. I'm curious, what specific song was that where you added the chorus after you already Serenade. tracked everything? What's that? Serenade. That was Serenade, great yeah. song. It didn't have a chorus. It did not have a chorus, and now it lives over chorus, essentially. Yeah, killer, totally has a killer chorus. And that's a great segue, because I do have some questions about that song specifically. You wrote that song while you were living in the Canary Islands. Okay. Cool that you lived there. How'd you wind up living there? Uh, second, what in particular about that setting inspired the song? Mm. Well, the thing is, I was 22 and uh, I was really bored of Berlin and of the the club scene, the the night scene. You know, like I was working yeah. and it was it was a lot. Took uh, took a lot of toll tolls on me. You know, it was just. I drank a lot. I smoked too much. I, all the all the stuff that we all do, you know. Um, but uh, I, I guess I just wanted out of the city, and I just wanted to to heal a bit. And uh, and then I found this place, which turned out to be a call center. <laughs> so I worked at a German call center, uh, pretending I was somewhere in Germany uh, and being like from a lawyer of sperm or something like that. But, you know, it was it was nice. money and I got to live on, a, on an island, so I couldn't really complain. Um, and then, um, sorry, I'm just gonna... Oh, that's all good. No worries. Mm. Well, and then uh, I, I I lived there. I, I, I wanted to go for six months intentionally, and then I ended up staying three years. <laughs> wow, and, wow, wow. Quite a long time. I also didn't think I would ever come back, to be honest. Uh, I was just like, yeah, this is my life now. Um, but I guess that's actually what the song is about a bit, because it's after a while, um, even on an island, as beautiful as that, because it's it's gorgeous, it's, it's absolutely beautiful, um, but it's still an island, you know, and it's still always the same people, it's the same conversations, it's the, it's the same horizon every day, all day. And um, the people that come that you get to know, they never stay, they leave. And the people from the island usually, you know, are a bit lost, um, stranded, you could say. And um, I guess once I took off the, the glasses of the over-romanticizing things, you know, because that's what you do, you're, you're by the sea and you, you see people in, uh, you know, in, in shorts and in bikinis and you feel like, yeah, I made it. I live on an island. Ha, there's nothing better than this. Nothing compares to that. Um, but it's actually, it's bullshit because, um, am I allowed to say that word? Yes, <laughs> totally. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm not to curse. Um, but yeah, it's just, uh, I guess, after a while, I was working at this bar and uh, I just saw people coming in at night wearing their best clothes, being super nice and everything. But then hour by hour, you, you, I, I witnessed getting, them getting more like wasted. And, uh, and then each night they would just take home somebody else. And, uh, and it wasn't just a phase. Like, it was like that for months, for a year even, you know. And, um, and, but they kept telling themselves that they were so happy but if you have to get wasted every night and get drunk and be on drugs every night 
I don't know. I, I felt like that was a bit of a fib. You can't be that happy, can you? And I guess that's where the line came from. Not that I judge that. People have phases in life and they're totally free to do whatever they want, male or female. I just want to say this at this point. So people don't think I'm like judging judging that because I, I don't. Um, but I guess it's it. they felt a bit like hypocrites to me because they... Uh, they um, they so strongly expressed that they were so happy and that they had the surf and the waves and the girls and the beers and you know everything was so great um or the men whatever um and in the end though maybe they weren't even as happy as as what it seemed like you know i guess yeah <laughs> totally i could you know that totally comes out through the song for, for sure and this is something that you wrote <clears throat> when you had already left, right? So you're kind of reflecting yeah. back on yeah. your experiences there from a different perspective, almost a removed perspective. Yeah, because I guess I didn't really see it when I was there. I mean, I did, but not as clear. Yeah, and I think that kind of also plays into the title of the record, Adolescence. Do you see these songs as you reflecting on a particular past period in your life and how do you think they represent that time in your life well i think it's not just about um being adolescent because obviously it's it's it describes the part of when you're 16 17 growing up to be 20 yeah. 21 22 23 25 you know all these years in between and um the funny thing is, I didn't even write about anybody in particular. Like, yes, in some cases I did, but in some others I didn't. I guess I just talked about that with someone and it like stuck. And sometimes, yes, it's about me, but many, many times or other times it's about me. But it can also be about anybody else because I think we've all had like similar experiences um, in our lives. like with love, with friendship, with being let down, with being the person that lets someone down, with jealousy, with, you know, all of these feelings that you don't, I mean, we still have that, <laughs> you know, they don't go away. We're still jealous. And, but I guess we become more reflective of things. So now we, we are not just, we don't have this fiery pit inside of our stomachs anymore that we had when we were teenagers, you know, because everything and everybody was just unfair and, uh, you know, I think that changes. So after a while, you just become more aware of the things that are happening around you and the people that you meet. And you can choose who who you want to be with in terms of like, is this person going to eat up all my energy or is that person actually someone that um, contributes to me having more energy and, and, and being even more positive. And uh, I guess it's just about that process. and. That's probably also why it starts with Adolescent as a first song, because that, I guess, was the first, yeah, the first feeling that you described. Yeah, totally. I also noticed that Adolescence, uh, I'm always, like, looking into, like, deeper meanings of, like, little things like, like this. I noticed there are some tracks where there's no spaces between the words, like, take me anywhere and did it again but then for other tracks there is a space between bad blood and something in the water 
Also, everything is lowercase except for adolescence and take me anywhere. Is there anything specific to those little distinctions between the titles? Aesthetics. <laughs> yeah, just aesthetic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, take me anywhere is actually supposed to be all lowercase as well. Um, we're still yeah. looking at that. <laughs> uh, but it's fine, you know. It's like it's it's not yeah. such a big deal. Um, but yeah, it was just aesthetics, I guess. I just saw it, and so many other artists did it, and I was like, yeah. oh, it "Looks so good." Just lowercases look good. I don't know. I guess even when I type emails, and people have called me out for it so many times, I always type lowercase because it just looks nicer. I don't know why. Maybe I'm like, I don't know. It gives me if it, you know what, if one letter is higher than the other, it just looks kind of weird. And I'm like, yeah, I like yeah, it. yeah. I like the formality of it. I like that. <laughs> interesting. Like, Very interesting. Something in the Water features vocals from Bear Cubs. How'd you two wind up collaborating? And just tell us a little bit about that great track. It's the second uh, track on the album. Uh, yeah. Well, um, also completely by chance. Uh, he messaged me, uh, like, I think pretty much prior to the first lockdown or like shortly after it started here in Germany. And um, and he messaged me that he really liked uh, my music so far and if I wanted to work with him. And I said, yes. And then we met up and um, he's uh, a really special guy. He's, he's very shy, I felt like uh, he was very to himself, but also super creative. And once we started talking, well, actually once we stopped talking and just started like doing music uh that's how uh, the magic began i guess i don't know um it was funny i was it was super hot it was like uh pretty much like probably 30 degrees or something it was super warm and um we uh i came to his place and there were like kids playing in a little pool and he lived in a courtyard back then so because of the echo the the kids were like already like drenched in reverb you know and so uh, he lived on like the fourth floor i think and then um i said hey how about we sample the kids kind of like mgmt move yeah I know. yeah 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 people have done it before um then he was like oh yeah that's actually yeah i've done that before but let's do it again i'm like cool let's do it and then we did it and then i had the, the idea for the riff and then he started playing around with his synthesizers and all that stuff and then Literally after four songs, I think, uh, four hours, we had the song. Wow. And then I wrote the hook. And then he wrote the second verse. And that was that. That was just done. And we were like, oh, cool. I, we think we, we were like, oh, I think we just made something really nice. And then, yeah. And then we went to have a falafel and a, and a park. <laughs> and then that was the end of the day. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. Yeah, that's so cool how it seems like so many of these songs are just written on intuition really and All not overthought yeah so that the way that came out is great based on that that's really cool philosophy and approach to songwriting okay so you had mentioned the lack lockdown in your last answer and, and based on the fact that you really only started performing in 2019 and writing music at that time uh, did was the lockdown a really important time for you as far as writing the songs on these record on this record? Did you write most of them while you were, you know, had that time, that extra time to yourself 
to write music? Almost all of them, yeah. Wow. So do you think this record would have come out if not for, you know, that period of time where you had that extra time to really engage in a lot of songwriting? I think not. Wow. No, I, th wow. I think not, not this way, probably. Like, I guess I had more time to become even more. I'm, I'm as it is, a pretty reflective person. But uh, I, like, I've become one. But um, I think because of the lockdown, and I live by myself. I also yeah. need to say this, like I don't live with other people, I don't live with a partner, I live by myself. And I really like my solitude, like I don't mind. Uh, and I guess, um, yeah, I had, I still had a job though, I was working quite a lot. Yeah. And, um, and I guess after work sometimes I just, I was just like, okay, what's a, what's a woman going to do? There's nothing, <laughs> there's nothing in the city. There's no going out. There's no bars. There's no nothing. And I, I guess that then mostly I just sat on my bed, like, bed, like right here. And uh, I just, I don't know, just, you know, just played a bit of guitar and then sometimes came up with some songs. Um, another one was written, Adolescence was actually written when I was uh, in, in Tenerife. Oh, yeah, no, Fort Ventura last year, or Tenerife, I think, last year, uh, when I visited some friends of mine, and um, they went out to look at a flat, and they came back, and I had written a song. <laughs> the, weirdest, <laughs> the weirdest moments, I don't know, it's just, give me a guitar and five mo minutes of peace, and then these things just randomly happen. Wow, yeah, that's so cool. So, that song just came out in a very short period of time when you are left to yourself. That's mm. very cool. They mostly do. I don't know. Yeah. Or even when I'm like very much widely inspired with other people. Like the one I've written, like Weep, I've written with Petu. He's also uh, more of an electronic producer, actually quite jazzy. He comes uh, from like a very heavy metal kind of background. He, he used to be a drummer, um, but he's also crazy on the keys. And also our first session but funny enough, we have never worked uh, with each other again because he, I think he went back to Finland. Um, but yeah, and that's how we came into life just in a day as well. And uh, yeah, don't know. It seems like, at least from, you know, I talked to a lot of musicians, when the pandemic came around, a lot of artists felt very pressured to use the time to their advantage to like write a whole record or write a bunch of songs. But you kind of don't seem to really put pressure on yourself, which is a good thing. You know, you kind of just let things happen as they will. Yeah, pretty much. I guess it's just, that's what life is about though, right? Like just a natural flow yeah. of things and if things are meant to be, obviously you got to put yourself out there, you got to be present and you got to do stuff, but if it's meant to be, I think then you're going to feel it, you know, I guess you, you're going to start running into the right people and you're going to start having the right conversations with the right people. And uh, you're going to start meeting people that will um, give you good, good tips and good, um, good hints here and there. And I guess that just started happening. And then um, they also obviously talk about you and then other people come back to you and tell you hey i spoke to my friend and he talked about you i was wondering if you want to go into a session and then that's usually how how it happens i guess just but you got to be out there for sure like if I, if I were to say it just came to me then that's also not true because i worked super hard um yeah 
at like a store, you know, from like 12 till nine. And then I jumped on my bike and I went, you know, open mic every night just to play. Yeah. And then I literally went home just so I could play. And then I got up the next morning and did it all over again. And I did that for like months. And then uh, after that, I worked at a bar and another job. I had like two different jobs and I also did it. And then I worked at the vaccination center until just recently. And I and I also did like like co-produced the album together with my producer and other sessions. And I just made time for it, even though that meant no sleep, no eat. <laughs> No, nothing. <laughs> but uh, but it was uh, no friends. Obviously, not really a lot of time for friends. But it's it was. I think it was worth it. And I feel like on the on the long run, it's gonna be even more worth it. Or at least that's of course what I want. But I guess when you just said like I'm, I seem very easy about it. I guess I am mostly. Um, because it was but never focused at the right times, you yeah, know, like, what needs yeah, to get I'm done. Like, yeah. Very focused, and then I'm like, okay, but we've got to do this. Like, this is this needs to be done here and there. Da, da, da. We have this and that deadline. And then I'm like very, not bossy, but I am the boss of this project in the end. Yeah, of course. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good, I don't know. I, I guess it's for the first time I feel like I belong into some sort of world. And that wasn't the case for like a very long time and that just makes me very happy and grateful and i want to see how far i can get in this in this industry yeah it seems like what you what you were able to do and find yourself as an artist and really fine and hone in and refine on a particular sound that you have that's something that takes artists you know many years sometimes maybe even takes like several records to really achieve that why do you think you were able to kind of do that so quickly i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i i don't know what it, i don't know i really don't know i guess uh it's just the way it came out uh i mean i don't know because it wasn't the intention either i get it yeah. you know and to me they all sound very different so it's, it's uh, I guess it's, but I've also heard them 500 times, at least each of them. So uh, never want to listen to them again for like a while now. Uh, but uh, I really don't know. But I, people told me this already and each time, or they ask me and I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about uh, Contradictions, deeply personal track on the record that really stood out to me. Uh, how'd that track come together and what does that track mean to you? Um, so also a session with a friend of mine, also the first session. It's funny how all of these songs like that came about in the first session. Um, I met up with uh, Freddie Dixon and uh, he's also a producer, uh, singer-songwriter uh, from London, I think. And uh, we met up for the first time, also him being very much, I felt a bit like to himself, quite friendly, but still very, you know, um like a bit on the distance kind of and i'm like okay that's that's cool i can work with that and then we just talked a bit for a while and we just talked about COVID and what it was doing to us and how it made us feel like we didn't achieve anything even though people kept telling us that we did achieve stuff but you don't really see it sometimes you know and um and then he had written or like he had written the guitar melody originally but it was way slower and then i said hey do you know the smiths 
let's kind of do the Smiths thing, you know? Like what they always do is they, their melodies are like, the, their lyrics are so sad, you want to cut your wrists essentially. But the songs themselves are like quite uplifting and faster. You wouldn't really know if you actually, until you listen, that they are very sad, you know? And uh, I mean like this, uh, yeah, there's songs in there that are just so, so sad, but you wouldn't know. and. I guess I just wanted to speed things up and I said, hey, let's make it faster. Let's give it a bit of a dancey vibe almost. And and um, and then we just, I don't know, and I just started writing. Um, and then he had some good ideas as well. I don't know what he wrote when, where, but he had some really good ideas as well. And then I, I just finished uh, the lyrics essentially. And then I was like, hey, I think that's it. That's cool. And um, it was kind of like a homage to yourself and like to realize that even during these times of like COVID that nobody had ever expected and nobody ever knew, knew how to deal with right because it's something that we've never lived through like nobody was prepared that was going to happen like not even the richest person on the planet knew what to do because nobody nobody does and um and I guess it's so easy to then um forget about the things that you've already achieved, you know, to just look back and um, be like, hey, I still though I achieved this and I accomplished that and I was I was able to do this and that. Um, and it's easier, I guess, sometimes to tell yourself, oh, I wish I would have done that, but I didn't because of COVID. I couldn't do this. I couldn't do that. I couldn't do this. And uh, I guess we just tried to write a track that would motivate people to to reflect upon themselves and the things they had done in a positive way, but yeah, whether in a negative way, which is what a lot of people do, which also I have done that. I'm pretty sure you've done that too. It's just, you, yes. you know, you know, you're just like, oh God, I wasn't productive again. Well, yeah. if you can't because everything is shut down and you're like, the world just stopped there. So yeah, I guess that's, what it yeah what it was about for me and uh and then i wanted to keep the shoegazy vibe but have it faster because i wanted a dancey track because up until that point all the songs were very slow <laughs> which yeah. is funny because now they're very fast kind of <laughs> yeah so do you have a favorite song on the record or one that really means a lot to you in particular mm, i mean they all mean a great big deal to me because they're like my babies and it's like I gave birth to 10 babies <laughs> essentially to a debut right um but definitely I'd say adolescence is one of the songs that cuts the deepest when I reflect upon my own times growing up and then then the, which is like the closing track of the album also um, means a whole lot to me and I love the chord change that also wasn't intentionally and don't even ask me what the call the chords are called because I couldn't tell you I got no idea I just played them they sounded nice I was like okay cool this works uh, um, but yeah that's these two I guess yeah but I love all of them very much how about just uh, what's next for you now that the record is out do you have more shows coming up uh, yeah, I have a few more shows coming up, and um, I'm actually, uh, I was um, 
Oh, I'm not allowed. I, I, I'm just thinking. I'm not allowed to say this, maybe, so I shouldn't say it. <laughs> so I'm not allowed to announce yet, but uh, some cool stuff's happening, and uh, I've also started writing on a second, like a second record already, which will be a bit different. It's a bit um, a little less shoegazy, but still very me. Um, also, much more to the point, whether than uh, very poetic. Um, it's quite like. You know, it's it. I, I don't know how to describe it. You'll see it, or you'll hear in like a year from now or something. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited to keep working on that. Uh, and I'm really excited to see what happens to the first album. And um, I got, I will um, get some, hoping to get some nice support touring uh, throughout like Germany and UK. That's what we're focusing on right now. And uh, yeah, I just want to play a lot of live shows and uh, just want to do stuff that feels good, go into sessions, write, write my heart out, essentially. And uh, yeah, and I just want to see, like I said, I just want to see how far I can get in this industry. And for me, it's like every day waking up, going into like a Toys R Us store, you know, it's like, oh my God, keyboards, guitars, uh, songs, music, studios. For me, it's like, I feel like I'm, I'm just very happy when I can be around music. I'm like, I'm good. Beautiful. All right. So now we're going to play a few songs from adolescence. We're going to hear something in the water, which features bear Cubs, Take Me Anywhere, and Serenade, and everyone you can get Adolescence on limited edition vinyl via bornlosersrecords.com or talaofficial.bandcamp.com. Save 
everyone we just heard three songs from tala's new record adolescence we heard something in the way followed by take me anywhere and then wrapped it up with serenade everyone again you could get it at bornlosersrecords.com or talaofficial.bandcamp.com now tala picked some records From my record collection, we're going to talk about them and play them. So, what's up first? Uh, Well, I have uh, Phoebe Bridges' Stranger in the Alps, which is one of the best albums I think I've ever heard. Um, Her songwriting is just 
yeah, I don't know, the most authentic um, I can imagine. It's just so good. It's just really good. And uh, and she moves something inside of me. Like, I'm sure she does with a lot of other people, which is why she's so big and so well-known. Um, and, uh, yeah, my favorite song is Smoke Signals. Um, yeah, should I continue with the next Tell me a little bit about why your favorite song from that record is Smoke Signals. And maybe, do you remember when you first heard this album and did it resonate with you immediately? Yeah, it actually did. I, um, I, I, uh, I'm quite happy because <laughs> I discovered her quite early. I think uh, like in 2018 when I remember the song had like maybe like a million streams or something, but not like already still a lot but not like like not like it's ne- like it's like what it's like now you know and uh i don't know i heard the song and i heard her voice and i heard the production and i loved that not even a whole lot was happening there but the the way her storytelling just works is i just wanted to hear that song over and over again so i completely understood what she was talking about and I think that happens quite rarely. Like it's not a song that you can just hear without listening. It's music that you have to hear and you have to listen. And I guess then the tone of her voice just also gave me goosebumps. Uh, and uh, yeah, there's something about her, you know? And it's like, she starts singing, you know, exactly as her. in my bed again and getting in my head and then walk around the reservoir. Color Theory by Soccer Mommy, record that came out last year that I was pretty obsessed with as well. Another great artist with lot, yeah. an incredible sound. My favorite song of Color Theory uh, is Bloodstream. Because um, it's such a such an amazing song. It's so hard to pick a song from like a record if you love the whole record. Um, but Bloodstream is definitely my favorite. I think the the melody um of the song is just uh i just like the yeah it's hard to it's hard to describe i just love everything about it it's so hard to to pinpoint the exact things but i love the songwriting again i love the storytelling um it's like when she when she writes about like hurting herself on a knee looking in the mirror you know running uh, uh across the grass and all that stuff i can see it in my head and that yeah. is thing that is very special yeah and i feel like i could see uh influence in your music too that kind of like textured emotion that comes through in your song that's, that's cool though because i think i i hadn't really discovered her until like uh actually last year october november quite late yeah yeah yeah, that was quite late. Um, but uh, I know for a fact that the stuff that I'm doing now is definitely very much inspired by her too. Yeah. I still listen to that very often. <laughs>
something a little different. The A La La's, uh, their self-titled album, great band from California, really the, I'd say, standard bearers of psychedelic pop in the United States, in my opinion, because they play the, the kind of psych music that's more poppy and not like face melting guitar riffs type of thing so they're one of my favorites that reminds you of the 60s uh in a way like super good i saw them play live here actually oh wow cool what was that like oh just like the record insane they're so tight on stage it's insane really it's just so 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 good uh i was in the first row to fangirling away didn't care uh, it was so good. And then I actually met them after the show. It was really funny. Uh, and I talked a bit with Miles um, about how in Berlin we have one of the smoothest concretes for skating. <laughs> Super random. And then we went into 8mm bar, which is here in, in Berlin. And uh, and then we kind of lost them. But yeah, it was, it was very funny that we ran into them after the show. And I tried to really keep my cool. I was like, I'm cool. Mm-mm, I'm cool. But yeah, definitely one of the one of my favorite bands, and they have been even before I started making music. You know, like I listened to them when I first went to the Canary Islands. Uh, someone showed me their music, and I was like, Oh my god, this music is made for an island like this. Yeah. And I like skated during sunset. You know, like next to the shore, I would listen to Alalas, and I was like, Oh, this is this is a good life. <laughs> Um, yeah, my favorite song of that, also really hard to choose, but I chose uh, Tell Me What's On Your Mind, because it's like such a, I just remember when I listened to that song, I would be like, you know, like on my skateboard, be like, tell me what's on your mind, <laughs> vibing, just vibing to it, having like ice cream in my hand or something, I was like, ah, oh, nothing's on my mind, my mind is blank and full of sun and waves and ocean and I'm happy. Um yeah, that was that was that. Day waves. The yeah. day yeah, great band and a band that I think Aside from, you, you also picked Mazzy Star later, uh, Daywaves, a, a band that has a similar sound to the music that you, you make, I'd say. Yeah, I love Daywave. I think he's really great. Um, I, uh, I recently spoke to a friend uh, because I saw him inside of his stories on Instagram. I was like, wait. And I found out that they're really good friends and I'm like, they've been for years. And I'm like, oh, fat girl, because Daywave is so great. Um, yeah, I love Man, I love all the records. It's really hard. Also, a, a musician that I've listened to prior of me ever thinking about making music, you know. So I guess, yeah, and in the end, probably they all influenced me subconsciously, for sure. Like, I wanted to make music that I like listening to. And I took, like, elements from all of the things that I liked. And I tried to combine them and make something new, even though it's not new. But uh, my favorite song of that record um, of the days we had uh, is Bloom. Beautiful track. I do want to ask you again because, you know, it is it is like inspiring to hear your story about how you just decided to start writing music. 
there's so many people that play music that you know have been doing it for so long i find like the majority of people that i interact with so it really takes like courage and confidence to just start doing it you know you know even in your 20s sometimes i feel like people think about it and feel like oh i missed the boat it's too late for me to start doing it so what was what was going through your head really when you finally decided like i want to do this you know i don't care that maybe i'm a little late per se or what were you thinking i think it just felt too good to not try yeah and also um when it comes to, I know what you mean because it's always like a yeah. gamble, like a, especially like a, on a financial side. I think it's, but you know, like I've never had it easy. <laughs> I've always had it kind of rough in terms of everything. So I guess for me, it was just like let's just try it and see how this goes. And if it goes well, cool. And if it doesn't, well, it, there might be something else. You know, now I'm like ah ah, music is plan A, and there's only plan A, and there's nothing else. But um, back then, I was just like, um, you know, I, I've done so many things. I've cleaned people's toilets, and I've babysitted, I've dog-sitted, I've worked at restaurants, at bars, I've done so many things. I've handed out newspapers. You know, like, I, I've had so many jobs, and that brought me so little money and, and, and so little joy. And so I guess I thought, okay, this is a job that obviously doesn't bring me a lot of money, which I didn't care about, which I still don't really care about. Um, but it brings me joy. And who can say for themselves that they do something that they actually really love and enjoy? And then maybe at one point, I guess money's like an energy, right? It flows. And so if you consistently do whatever makes you happy and what brings you joy and you succeed at it, so you're good at it and people tell you, I guess money follows. And I, I think that was what I was thinking. I was just like, let's just see how this goes. And if it goes, great. And if it doesn't, well, I'm, I'm going to survive, you know. Great, great lesson for everyone out there who's listening. You know, if you, if you want to do something, you're thinking about doing something, give it a try. Just do it. That's yeah, very cool. You're not going to know unless you try, right? Totally. Didn't Smash Mouth write like a really good song? Um, <laughs> gonna, what, what did they? What did they say? Like you're not gonna, and if you don't know, no. you never know if you don't go. You never shine if you don't glow. Glow. There you go. That's the <laughs> Yeah, but it's true. It's so true. It's like such deep lyrics in the song. It sounds like a you know like a college kind of thingy, but it's a, like a something that you would play at um, at um, American Pie. Or maybe they yeah. play the American Pie. <laughs> it's such a good song, and the lyrics are so true. Um, so yeah, I guess if you don't, if you don't try, you'll never know. And then I guess the the knowing that in 50 years you might ask yourself, or like, oh, why didn't I do that? Or like, why didn't I at least try? That'd be so annoying. Yeah, for sure. It's totally very, very wise words.
next classic, classic record that just turned uh, 30. Yeah, 30. Uh, yes, 30 years old. I was just doing the math in my head real quick. Nevermind by Nirvana. Yeah, well, I don't need to say that if Kurt Cobain was still alive, I'd be married to him. <laughs> 100%. Um, wouldn't care if he's an older man. Don't care because he was a he was a lyrical musical genius. Not only that, like in many other ways, I think as well. And he got society in a way that, uh, yeah, probably made him really sick. And because he saw a lot of bad in humanity, and I think for someone who is so like out in the open display and amongst people all the time, and amongst so many fake people, because. Let's be real, the industry apparently has a lot of these. And I guess um, if, if you just mix with the wrong crowd, then um, you might be very frustrated if you're such an empathetic person. So yeah, I love them. I still do. Love them. Always will. Uh, but uh, I think the song I chose, it was really hard, okay? Because it's, it's an amazing record. Yeah, yeah. But, um, obviously, it's Nevermind, the one that you made me choose from. And I chose Something in the Way. Um, cause it's, well, it's more like a ballad actually, right? Yeah. Um, and if you compare it to all the other songs, um, I love all the other songs as well, but that is, um, where you can really hear his voice in like a very quiet, vulnerable state. And I guess I really like that a lot because it's, it's like when he, when you hear him sing, um, you hear his pain. And you hear his suffering, it's very sad, but it's very true. And uh, that's what got me well, back when I was a teenager. I was like, oh, God, sing to me, Kurt, about your troubles in life. Because, uh, you know, yeah. yeah. An artist that you definitely admire, Mazzy Star. Uh, so tonight that I might see. Yes. Um, well, obviously one of the greatest musicians ever. I think uh, Hope is just this, you know, this godlike figure to me. Like she can stand in front of a crowd of like in front of 10,000 people and just stand there and sing. And, and people just stop talking and they just look at her because uh, she's like an angelic, I don't know, something being on stage. Um, I chose uh, Fade Into You because that's Beautiful song. song. That's also, I think, one of the most, definitely her most famous song, I think, next to Blue Light. Um, but it, yeah, it's a beautiful song. It's just like, it's, yeah, the lyrics, the the slide guitars, obviously, they get me every time. It's like, I, I even sing the slide guitars. That's how obsessed I am with it. Uh, I like meow slide guitars. I'm like washing my dishes and I'm like, meow, 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 me
I've done that too. I have definitely done that too to that song. So you're not alone there. Okay, that feels good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm alone with it either, but okay, it's nice to know that other people do this, this too. I look to you when I see nothing. I look to you to see the truth. You live your life, you go where And then and then the last song you picked was a seven inch single, The Smiths. What difference does it make? Also appears on their uh, self-titled record, but I have a copy of the seven-inch single. Ah, so I did choose a single. Yes. Okay. Well, then it's perfect. I mean, I love that song. <laughs> I love the Smiths in general. I don't think that there's a song that I could choose, but uh, yeah, let's just go with that. Then, what difference does it make? It's a, it's a great song. Um, I do love very often how they incorporate the entire title of the song into the song Dude, itself. the lyrics, it, yeah. Yeah, into the lyrics. It's, it's like, ah, that's what the song's called. Um, yeah, it, amazing band. Until this day, I admire them for, um, I don't know, I guess just combining weightlessness with super heavy melancholic lyrics um that's an art form like try to do that uh without making people too sad or too happy uh and i think the yeah they're the masters of that that's just really beautiful All right, so we're coming to the end of this episode of Look Up My Records. Tala, so awesome chatting with you. Your debut ad album, Adolescence, is out now. You, Everyone, you could get it at talaofficial.bandcamp.com. That's T-H-A-L-A, official.bandcamp.com. Everyone here listening in the States, it's out via born losers records so you could also check out their site to get a copy thank you so much for chatting with me today it was a really fun conversation about this awesome new record well thank you so much for having me and likewise any plans to come to the states at any point in time hopefully in the future I will next year in March, but that's all I can say. <laughs> oh, okay. So everyone, little vague reminder to keep March clear. <laughs> Thank you yeah. so much. Thank you so much for having me. All right. We're going to play one more song from Adolescence. It's the last song on the record called Nah.
to be 